Hello. Welcome back, listeners. It's episode two, series one of Tulip Talks. Um, if you didn't hear the last episode, then hello. How are you? My name's Paul. This is Tulip Talks, an opportunity to chat a bit of shit, a bit of a vent, a bit of a rant. And I've got a special guest this week, Nick Hawking, who will be dialing in in about 10 or 15 minutes time. Friday night chat, which is good. I'm just about to crack my first beer of the day. Here we go. Beautiful. Here we go. Real treat. So, I had a lot of positive feedback on the podcast. Um, I did ask for negative and positive, but I had a lot of positive feedback. Some people saying it was great for a bit of a time killer when they were tidying up the garage or tidying up the studio or driving to and from places. So that's good. I had a funny one. So there's a really nice guy that I know through cricket. He's a bit of an older guy, but he's a really fun guy. Really, yeah, he's just, he's, he's noble. He's, he's everything. He's just a good, solid bloke. And um, he, he went out of his way to give me a massive spray. And for any English listeners, a, a spray in Australia is, you know, a bit of a, a, a dressing down. And he just sent me a message saying, Tulip, I'm seven minutes in, boring, I'm over it. Nice try, pal. See ya. Done. Game over. Regards. And I was like, wow. I mean, fine. I did ask for positive and negative feedback, but um, I was thinking, imagine if that had been like, you know, this started a new business through COVID and I said to people, oh, you know, I'm starting a new online jewellery uh, business or I'm starting a new um, side hustle, as people call it. Fuck, I hate that word see it on LinkedIn all the time about people who are trying to say that they're doing something different to their everyday job and they call it a side hustle or looking to make a career pivot. Fuck off. Um, but anyway, so imagine if I'd have just put it out there into the world saying, hey guys, bit of a side hustle, doing a bit of jewellery, I'm, I'm making you know old necklaces out of old bits and bobs I find around the house and blah. And imagine if that same guy had have been just as honest and just written on there, Absolutely shite, mate. Give it up. You're dreaming. Absolutely pathetic. Gone. Loser. Don't bother. Ridiculous. But anyway, I suppose if you put yourself out there like the guy that I am and um, you ask for it, then people are going to give it to you. So they're, they're fair enough. One of the bits of feedback I got from last week was that your opening paragraph, your opening start uh, of, the, of the episode of, of um, any podcast needs to be bang. So I thought I'd start today with uh, one of my, I don't say it's my favourite story, but it's probably the most popular story that people make me tell um, if they're introducing me to friends that I've not met yet. And they'll say, oh, Tulip, tell, tell the story about the couch. So here it goes. Um, I was at university. Did you hear my stomach rumble then? Anyway, I was at university and we'd been playing rugby on the Wednesday, we'd had a drinking circle, which is just basically loads of drinking games and getting absolutely um, spastic over a few hours. Um, yeah, you can't say spastic anymore, can you? Mullard. Getting drunk over a few hours, basically. And um, what happened was, um, I went out afterwards and ended up pulling this bird who was a larger lady. She was what we call in England a big unit. Nothing wrong with them, don't mind that at all. She was a lovely person. Um, anyway, we started chatting and uh, ended up taking her back to my place and uh, 
remember Tony Hawk was massive at the time on PlayStation. It was a PlayStation game. And I remember getting back to our place, or my place, and um, playing a bit of Tony Hawk on PlayStation. And she was sat on the couch eating a kebab, obviously, because of her size. And um, anyway, a bit of kissing, a bit of fondling, a bit of canoodling and all that stuff. And then yeah, it got to the point where it was, you know, do or die time. And um, yeah, so I st- don't remember exact details, but I, I stripped off and she was mostly naked. And uh, yeah, we started doing it. We started, you know, getting it on. And um, there I was. I'm trying not to be too graphic because I'm, I'm respectful of the audience that I've got. It could be anyone. It could be people's mums. It, it could be my parents. They probably haven't heard this story before. But I've got a, I've got a thing now with this podcast. I've been thinking a lot during the week about it. And I'm thinking, do you know what? Just be yourself. Just, just be who you are. People, I think I'd like to say that people that love me for who I am, um, love me because I am very open and honest about the way I feel and the way I express myself and if I offend anyone in this podcast then I guess that's fine just let's get rid of you guys early and we'll carry on anyway so there we were getting on with it and I was um yeah I've never had a problem when I'm drunk actually I've never had one of those issues at all when I'm drunk to perform and um yeah I was I was nearing nearing the end and um I I completed the task for want of a better expression and um and I was like, oh, okay, so I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom. And she was like, well, we're not gonna have sex. And I said, what do you mean? We've, we've had, we've had sex. And she was like, nah, we've, we've, well, we've not. And um, anyway, as I sort of took a, a step back, I'd realised instantly that what I thought was her um, vagina was actually the gap in the cushion of the couch. <laughs> so I'd actually been um I'd actually been grinding away in, in, in the couch for best part of probably twenty seconds, half half a minute, I don't know. And I'd arrived at that point and um Yeah, she saw the funny side. I said, Oh I didn't say this to her face, but I I, I remember immediately thinking, oh because she was a bigger girl, I thought, well maybe that's just how it is. Maybe that's just a maybe a fold maybe a fold or two away from what I'm used to. Um, but anyway, unfortunately um, for her, I, I just ended up shagging the couch. So um, anyway, she was really good about it. She didn't tell anyone else, um, to my knowledge, and, and spread it around university about what happened. Although, you know, what if she did? It's not really my fault. I didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't anything malicious. Um, but I suppose once you've done that and you've 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 crossed that line with somebody, then it's... It's kind of where do you go from there? And she was really good about it. She she thought she'd be a bit kinky, and she introduced a puff into the relationship. <laughs> you can't call them puffs these days, can you? Ottoman, Ottoman. She introduced an Ottoman. Um, but no, it was all right. It was just one of those things, really. Um, we moved on, and um, it has been a great story for me over the years. And um, I hope you've enjoyed that and I hope that sets the tone for where we're at tonight. It's Friday night and uh, I thought I'd start off with a bang, literally. Um, she had a, uh, a tattoo, actually. Interesting story about this girl. She had a, a, a lot of tattoos. But she had one tattoo in particular, which was a... She had a seashell tattooed to the inside of her right thigh. And if you put your ear close to it, you could actually smell the sea. <laughs> Oh, sorry. 
Sorry. Uh, anyway, I'm going to have a little drink now and we're going to carry on. Tell you what I've been hating recently. I've hated this for a while. Leah hates it too. Leah's my wife for anybody that doesn't know. Um, is when people who are married refer to going out together as a date night. That really boils my piss. And, you know, they always check in, don't they, on Facebook and... Oh, checking in to Max's Grill. Date night. It's not a date night. It's not a date night because deep down you're not making that much effort. Either of you. Because you know what it's like when you're married or you're in a long-term relationship and you go out. Um, you, you're checking your phone, aren't you? You're going to the bathroom and checking your phone and you're taking pictures and go, oh, I'm just uploading this picture of Facebook. But then you've got messages on WhatsApp and the lads, oh, how's date night going, Julie? Fuck off, date night. Anyway, I don't like date night. It's it's not... Because a date really is something that you need to do to secure another meeting. Isn't it, really? So you don't have a second date without the third date in mind. And you don't have the third date in mind with the fourth one in mind. And I suppose if you're married, then you know you're going to go home and sleep in the same bed anyway. So it's not a date night. It's just... It's just... It's just something you got to do. Every two and a half years and, and connect and talk. I'll tell you one thing, though, about having kids... I don't know if anyone else out there with kids thinks that uh, this happens to them, but when you go out and you've got your night off from your kids that they're getting babysat or whatever, or you've left them at home with the PlayStation or Frozen or something, all you seem to do is talk about the kids and you end up missing them, don't you? You end up talking about all the cute things that they do and wonder what they're doing now and I wonder if they're being okay for so okay for so and so looking after them. But before the date night, when you're about to go on it, you can't think of anything other than getting away from the little shits. But as soon as you're out there, you just start bonding over the fact that you've made these little things and you love them. And I don't know. Kids are great, aren't they? I do like kids. Might have another one. Might have another one. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Um, I want to talk... I'm not going to actually talk about this subject now because I want to talk to Hawk later about masks, face masks. So I'm going to talk to Nick a little bit later on about that. Um, I want to talk about how your relationships are going in COVID. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because now we're in lockdown in, in Melbourne. You've got curfew as well. So you can't go any further than 5Ks out of your house. And you can't go out after 8pm. And you can't go out twice in a day. You can't go out for more than an hour. So it's pretty hard. So you're living with somebody at the moment. Um, you know, you're with a partner or you're married or whatever. And uh, if you have an argument or a falling out, which is probably a bit more common these days because you just it's quite intense, isn't it, the whole thing? It's not as effective if you storm out the front door and then you realise that you've got to come round the back uh, alleyway and go in, 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 into the, you know, through the alfresco and, oh, hey, me again. It's just hard. You can't you can't slam the door and say, I'll show you. I'll be back tomorrow. Um, which I used, I, used to, I used to have a mate that did that a lot, you know. He used to want to go out with the boys, but he never was allowed out with the boys because his missus wouldn't let him for some reason. I don't know. It was something... He blamed her, but he obviously wasn't being a great guy for her to not let him go out anyway. Because I don't understand why people need a pass to get out. When you, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, he wanted to go out all the time, and um, actually, that was probably the problem. But he wanted to go out, and he never could, and um, he had to make up fake arguments and and um, confrontations with his missus so he could storm out and go. Right, that's it. I've had enough. I can't stand this. I'm going out. And, you know, she probably thinking, where's he gone this time? It's nine o'clock on a Friday night. What's he doing? He's reckless. Little did she know that there was a night planned out for three and a half weeks that he hadn't had the balls to tell her about yet. So uh, yeah, he used to come and join us and we used to ask him what... Sometimes very trivial, you know. She put too much salt on the food or... 
Um, you know, they were watching a TV program and she was speaking over it or whatever. But yeah, so anyone anyone having any issues at the moment with their partners and their halves, go easy on them. Just realise that it's a very difficult time. You, the rule book's out the window right now. Let's not let's not anyone out there break up with a partner because of this situation, all right? Everyone's going to be all right. We're going to bounce through this. You're going to spend six and a half months seeing all your mates. She's going to spend six and a half months seeing her mates. And then eventually they'll come back together and say, how good was that? All right. Um, right, I'm going to give my good friend Nick Hawking a call now and um, have a chat with him. He's a lovely guy. I was going to do it on Zoom um, so we could see each other and you could see him. But then I just thought, hang on, Paul, it's your second episode. You're not Joe Rogan. No one wants to watch you. Everyone just wants to listen to you at this point. And I say everyone, probably like 30 people. Having said that, one of my friends who has a podcast said to me that um, you need to not get too concerned if you don't have many people listening because apparently a good like a, a good number of people to listen to a podcast, particularly like if you're not like someone massive, is 60, 60 listens. And my last podcast, my first one, my first and only one so far, got 185 listens. So thanks to everybody that did that. Um, I hope you enjoy this one. All right, I'm going to give Nick a call now and we'll see where this goes. Hello, Nick. Paul Chulip, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm uh, slightly nervous but excited to be chatting to you over, over the podcast. Well, it's a big night, isn't it? It's the first guest on Chulip Talks. It is the first. Well, and how did, I'm very surprised you came up with me as the first guest, but hopefully I, I do the slot justice. Well, wouldn't be the first time you've done a slot justice, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, good. We've ruled out my mum listening to this from, uh, from the first 30 <laughs> seconds of it, so I won't need to forward it on to her at the completion. <laughs> oh, good. How's your Friday night going, mate? Kids in bed? Kids in bed, yeah, little Archie went to bed about an hour ago. It was pretty painful uh, just over the dinner period and got a kebab and quiet beer and a Jack and Cola just to just to prep myself for the great man's call. So what did you say to Steph, your other half of the listeners who don't know um, much about Nick at this stage, Steph's, uh, Steph's Nick's beautiful wife? Did you, did you say, well, I won't answer my own question, how did you pitch it to her and what was the reaction of what you were doing on your Friday night? She knew the podcast was coming. She's obviously, she listened to it with me last week. So just to get a feel for it and make sure uh, it was on brand for me. So <laughs> she was, she, we, we split the vote in the household, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, so she knew it was coming. She's uh, cleared out of the, the lounge room slash podcast studio for me and um, she's, she's excited to listen to it when it goes live and online. Wonderful, and she um, treating herself to a bit of Netflix. Those series that you, don't know about you and Steph, but me and Leah have those things that we can watch together. But we also have the ones that we're allowed to watch on our own. And she's obviously on her own now. Is she watching something um, out of uh, sync with you, or is she just having a guilt-free viewing session? Yeah, I think she's watching something like um, Big Little Lies or Big Little Fires or something similar to that. So <laughs> we've uh, we've cycled in and out of Netflix. Uh, series we watch together and yeah. then it's it's got to the point where there's nothing that lines up anymore if I'm watching Ozark she's got no interest in that so she she goes and watches The Great or, or something to do with fires and lies so one of the real sad things that happens in my relationship um, one of many is when 
I come into the lounge room and get all excited about a new show that somebody's told me about and I'm really passionate about starting to watch it and oh my god apparently it's this and Joel says it's this and Will says it's that and she's already seen like three series of it yeah and, yeah and she's not at any point pulled you in and said hey I've watched two episodes of this um amazing series I'd love you to be involved in it it'd be great to watch together she's just thought nah fuck him and she's gone <laughs> And I just think, well, where have you even got that time? Yes. Well, to be honest with you, I credit to her. God knows where she'd find the time to do anything like that. So we haven't had that issue. The only one she watches a little bit is like Geordie Shore OG or something like that. Sneaks a few episodes of that. And there's like guilty pleasure hour episodes where, you know, if I've missed what Gaz is up to over an hour, I'm sure I'll catch it up in the third episode anyway. So no dramas there. Gaz can get up to a lot in the hour, can't he? He slowed down a bit, though. He's got kids yeah. now, and he's yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a changed man from what he used to be. He's responsible. Mm. Well, good segue there. Not intentional, but we're, we're talking about kids. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was um, becoming a father. Yep. Because um, obviously, we've both done that in the last few years. And um, it is a big... Did you hear the way I said years then? I, can't, I just can't get past that. Yeah. Actually, before you go there... That that was something that came up in the first episode of uh, of Tulip Talks, and when you told me that I was going to be the first guest, I I googled how to be a good guest on a podcast because this is my first go at it. And just a couple of the rules that I've learned is I I should share the podcast online when I get the chance, and thank you for for being a very great host. But they said I should listen to the first episode and maybe throw in the odd comment back to you during the second episode as to. To show so, that you've been yeah, listening. you know that I've listened. So, oh god, the, so, only, the only bits I wrote down was you did a whole couple of minutes on incest and where that falls between a brother and sister and doesn't <laughs> apply to cousins and second cousins and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, okay, I'm not sure if that helps. Just as a <laughs> any other any other highlights of the podcast that you may have, I could I could pick up that you were you were audibly annoyed with having to pay $65 for your connection into your phone. <laughs> I can tell it gave you the shits. So that's why, that's why I'm confident you'll make this work, to be honest, because you've paid $65. <laughs> so it's I like... have to, mate. I have to get it back. Yeah. Justify this. <laughs> Correct. But no, sorry, I, I, I cut you off there, mate. Bad podcast. Uh, no, no, just... it's good. I mean, I mean, obviously everyone's tuning in to hear me. Yep. But I feel it's important to give you a little bit of airtime and let you go as well a little bit. So yep. I appreciate this is your first run out. And you might, you know, you might start your own podcast series a, a year or two down the line, a year, a year or two down the line from here and have me back on and you know, sort of be thanking me for giving you your platform and creating your new life, your new um, side hustle, yeah. as people are calling it now. Yeah. Fucking side hustle. Side hustle. Um. Agreed. Worst case is that you delete this and I don't ever go to air as the first ever guest. Best case is I've become like a monthly edition that you call me back every now and then and check exactly. in and it's like the fans are calling out for, oh, whatever happened to that bloke from the first episode that had that really yeah, he was cool. clever anecdote. Yeah. Cool. Imagine if it was that good and the feedback was that amazing, but the feedback was only good because you were on it and I got <laughs> booted off my own platform and I had to send you... I had to send you my $55 <laughs> connection into the iPhone so you could basically take over, like passing the baton. Tulip Talks with your host, Nick Hawking. Yes. Why do they call it Tulip Talks? Oh, nothing. Just some fucking fat English. <laughs> Got a bit ahead of himself in lockdown. Yeah, it was all the gear, no idea. Yeah, well. Um, 
So tell us a bit about yourself, Nick, because obviously I know you and um, I've, I've been friends with you for a while now. We've met through cricket and had had a couple of premierships together. I mean, obviously, talking premierships, which I don't want to bring up straight away, I've, there's quite a difference between the amount that you've won and I've won. <laughs> um, but there's a cloud over a lot of mine. Yes. Um, but tell us a bit about yourself, what you do for a living, where you live in Melbourne. You don't have to give a street address, but just give give the viewers... The listeners even uh, give the listeners some context. Yeah, okay. Uh, born and bred in in Melbourne, out in Narry Warren. Um, have grown up loving cricket and footy. Cricket, where I first crossed paths with you, what probably a decade ago. Yeah, right. I reckon about nine or ten years ago for sure. Yeah, opposite the Flinders Street uh, station there, over a couple of pots where we seduced you down to Melbourne High School Cricket Club. Um, yeah, so that, that's been a lot of my life. Uh, I work in the liquor industry. And also have a little uh, a side hustle, if you will, um, with a company called the Bucks Co, which uh, does Bucks parties for people about to get married. And that's now branched into uh, uh, different variations of that with hens parties and work parties and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, and have a, a, have a loving wife and, and, a, and a cracking little kid who's 18 months, 18 months old at the moment and um, getting a lot of attention during COVID. Excellent. And... Um... I wanted to mention the bucks.co to you mm-hmm. um, because I was thinking it would be a really powerful message for a branding point of view if you'd probably sponsor this um, podcast. And I could um, put a link to your business and Instagram page as my sort of headliner. And it'd make me, to be honest, it made me look a lot more of a big deal than I actually am. So <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot here, but are you comfortable with me saying that you're proudly um sponsoring this episode and, and happy for me to be a brand ambassador out there in the market for you well yeah i mean it's a it's a big question <laughs> it's a big question i guess i've got two issues with you being the lead for the bucks co is one that you're a happily married man with two kids who probably isn't necessarily a great position for our target market yeah but this is my second marriage uh, so i'm yeah. vulnerable hey, good call we can always sort of preconditioning you in time for your third so apologies leah good call um yeah and to be honest it, it's it's a tough time for sponsorship for us obviously with uh with everywhere in australia shut down at the moment for any sort of social activity yeah bucks parties aren't aren't the in thing to do at the moment so but have you have you even tried to do anything online like a um, a virtual box like a zoom thing or anything or we kind of uh my favorite word at the moment is pivot because that's uh, all we talk about in business but we have done a fair bit of corporate stuff with all the online stuff all the uh online trivia and things like that um yeah and and Luckily for us, the, some of the states are reopening and men just can't wait to get out there and sink piss with their mates and go back to playing yeah. golf and paintball and all the fun things. So I, Victoria is a bit of a mess, but the rest of the states are starting to open up and, and start to book stuff in again, which is which is good to see for our business anyway. I was thinking um, before we spoke today um, that, that I feel for a lot of the, the single people out there that are you know not even at the stage yet that they're get into a bucks party or a hen's party mm-hmm. um, and the sort of psychology around when everything gets back to normal they go out again I, I, are you going to lower your standard to get yourself a bit of COVID cough or pandemic, <laughs> pandemic pussy as I, um, as I I mean just, just bouncing it off <laughs> I, might, I might not trademark it but, um, but imagine a, a woman who's not seen or heard from 
any man for six months, she, she and she's usually probably looking for an eight or a nine out of ten. She's probably happy with a six, isn't she? If they're clean as well, if they've got an actual, if they've had a swab within the last five days, <laughs> they, I haven't got the COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's a golden nugget, isn't it? Well, it's a it's a good question because it could be the opposite that standards get higher because you go, if I'm going to risk my saliva with anyone, I want to make sure that it's you know top rank sort of A class, those nines and tens sort of uh, areas. So yeah, I don't know. I've been out of the game too long to to think about it, but it's yeah, yeah. You, you think the the sixes are in with a chance? Well, I think yeah. I think I think it opens up. Um... It opens the whole. It's a new playing field, isn't it? You know, and I think everyone's going to be a bit more desperate, but everyone's going to be so happy to be out there that I don't know. It's going to be an interesting psych. Um, just speaking of eights and nines and tens, it's a brilliant segue into something I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Firstly, um, the whole mask thing, because uh, <laughs> it was quite funny because you've been doing a lot of running recently, like a lot of running. So you've been running at least seven or eight mostly 10k a day for a long time now yeah mm-hmm. and i remember you sending us a picture that one day when you had your mask on and going oh really upset with people not wearing masks it's pretty shit and bloody blah blah and you'd actually started wearing a mask a day before, <laughs> a day before everyone else which was which was <laughs> you know, i thought it was good because it, just because the government tell you to start wearing a mask doesn't mean that um you know you should start wearing it on that particular day <laughs> But one thing I've noticed about these masks, and I know this this can uh, this might sound really um, might sound terrible, but I reckon I'm hotter with a mask on, right? And I'll tell you why. A better looking, you mean, or yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. not <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, both. <laughs> um, because I, I've so when you're doing when you're out with the family and walking your dog and going to the supermarket, going to Dan Murphy's and all that. In normal world, pre-COVID, you get, you know, you get those odd people that give you a bit of a look and you'll get much more than this from me. I mean, if, if the viewers could only see you, um, then, then we could call them viewers. Um, if the <laughs> listeners could only see you, they would understand why you'd get a lot of looks. But for a, for a guy, I would probably place myself an average six, like I'm, a, I'm an everyday six. But I reckon with a mask on, I'm going up to about eight now. Based on other people's advances at me, I've get, I'm getting a lot more eye contact. And I think that I've got, I've probably got eight out of ten eyes. Yeah. But I think obviously what happens with the mouth and the jowls and the chin and stuff, maybe the beard. <laughs> I think that drags me down. Yeah. And I just wonder whether or not you've been getting even more looks with the mask on or less, like because you're beautiful everywhere in your faces. Are you actually only now a seven because you can't you can't pull out the special move and show them the rest of the face? Yeah. Look, it's it's a question I've pondered often. <laughs> 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 I've been out there. Um, yeah, I see. I did go a bit hard on people early doors with mask use pre-government regulations, but and I shouldn't have because the reality is when you go for a run every day, you don't have to wear a mask. So I know it's it's a lifesaver because you just I put one around my neck to sort of act like I'm I'm still part of part of society and want to contribute. But yeah, you don't yeah. you don't wear one so. The only time I wear one is when I take Archie for a walk um, and I'll give you two things that really give me the shits about mask use while I'm walking. Yep. And to answer your question, I'm not sure whether I'm getting eyes or whether I'm better looking with the mask on. So I'll just get out of the way first off. Okay. But okay. One is I'm, I'm known to go with like a bag of bullets or uh, 
you know, some Alan snakes on a walk, just stiff. Just but, want to stop you there because we might have some listeners in England yep. that don't know what bullets are. Bullets are a um, a, a chocolate covered sweet over here. Is that right, or is that licorice bullets? Yeah, licorice bullets. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. So there is. Yeah, he's not. He's not some sort of hillbilly who's grabbing a bag of bullets <laughs> before he goes out for a walk with his kids. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I I cheat with a a bag of those on the way around and. They're shot like you always forget you've got a mask on when you're trying to shove things in your gob, so it's it's very yeah. uncomfortable. And the other one yeah. that you'd get as well is phone use. You know how Apple does the great thing where it's just face recognition and the phone opens up. Oh my god! As soon as you put the mask on, you've got to enter your code in all the time. And if you're like us at the moment with your phone in your hand every thirty seconds looking at a WhatsApp message, it's yeah. so frustrating. They need to they need to invent an app that shows you with the mask on. Yes, and absolutely. You can just open it. Yeah. And while they're at it, they need to also um, allow you to take a picture of yourself when you're absolutely hung as fuck. Oh, yeah. Because I've had it the next day where you go on your face like pre-COVID <laughs> and you're so fucked and your face has been in like the pillow in an awful... And you just basically, you know, when you just know, you don't, you look in the bathroom mirror and you're like, oh, it's fucking awful. But it's me. <laughs> does, your phone, does your phone not open when it sees you in the morning after a hangover? Yeah, if I've had a massive <laughs> night... And I go, face ID. It's like, no, nah, phone stolen. So I go for shower, put some aloe vera cream on my eyes, give myself a little juice, brush my teeth, sometimes mouthwash. And then I go to the phone and it goes, oh, hey, buddy. It just, night. Siri says, there's the eight that I've come to know and love. Come here, big guy. We'll let you back in the door. <laughs> well, that face ID would have to work with twins, wouldn't it? I think I've read something about that. If you're an t- identical twin, then Face ID. I wonder how accurate it, accurate it is. Well, accurate it is. Uh, a good friend of ours, Mark Bowen, reckons that his little boy Hugo often grabs his phone and Face IDs. He's, Hugo must be six and Face IDs on behalf of Mark and can open his phone when Mark's not there. So I'm not sure how accurate the Face ID but is. But me knowing Mark Bowen, are you sure that's not his way of subliminally trying to let everyone know that he's got the... Facial complexion of a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still got it. Oh, yeah. yeah anyone knows Mark Bowen. Hey. Oh, poor old Marky. He's going well, though, the big fella. He is a good guy. Um, I've got some questions for you. Yeah, shoot. Um, has COVID lockdown had any positive impacts on you or the family that you want to hold on to when this is all over? I... I hope so. I mean, ultimately, do things just luck a band back to normal at the end of this and, and we go back into the same routine we used to? Or, like, do we do we learn the importance of things like family and how you can manage work online now? Like, I travelled a lot for work back pre-COVID, so the idea of not getting on a flight to Sydney once a week with all travelled sort of is um is a good one for me. Yeah. But... Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, it's just such a it's it is such a bizarre, strange world at the moment. To give you, to give you to take to take you into a bit of my day, if you don't mind. Yeah, go on. I had a funny little call this morning that kind of to me typified what COVID life was like when you're still working your ass off. Is that I had a had a phone call with a, a customer of ours who was who was going to be upset, going to be angry. So you know, calling first thing in the morning, get on the front foot and have this argy bargy. So I yeah. come downstairs to call and put the headphones in, just about to ring, and Steph goes, oh, you look after Archie. I'm just going upstairs for a second. So 
I'm getting a bit nervous about the call and, you know, I've practiced a few lines about what I can say and I'm pacing up and down the kitchen just to, yeah. you know, how sometimes the feet get the, the mind moving a little bit. Yeah, yeah, get your, get your game face on and all that, yeah. Yeah, so all that. So I'm pacing up and down and Archie spots me and thinks, oh, this is where Dad likes to play and I hide from him and chase him around. So I'm I'm getting absolute ear bashing in my left ear from old mate um, in, in work world. And Archie's at my feet, giggling around, grabbing my pants, like hiding behind the counter and all this sort of oh. stuff. And it's like, this is just COVID 101. Like, I'll never have this experience again. And it kind of, uh, yeah, awful. It, it kind of really typified to me what the, what the current challenges are like, but also the joy of it. Seeing him made me realize that the conversation wasn't all that important anyway. So, yeah, exactly. And do you know what? I've found um, a lot of, um, I've had a few Zoom calls and conversations. I mean, we work from home anyway most of the time, so mm. it's not really been that big a difference for us. Like, I've, I think we've both missed being able to go out even more because it was such a nice thing that we did anyway. But having yeah. worked from home for the past five or six years anyway, it's not been terrible. But getting and talking to clients and customers that are getting used to that has been interesting. Like, when, when you're on a Zoom call and then Josh or whoever runs in and um, I was going to say Seth runs in, but he's five months old. He's not running anywhere. <laughs> he's literally shitting and eating at the moment, which I can relate to. But um, I've actually found it being a real good icebreaker with clients that have kind of seen that side of you and um, yep. and you've seen that side of them as well. And like, I remember the first few Zoom calls I was getting dressed up for, like putting a shirt on or doing my hair and stuff. And and then after a while, as more people got used to it, like other people that I was Zoom calling on would just be wearing casual T-shirts or running gear. And then you didn't even have to make an excuse for it. And I, I actually quite like the way that it's given you an opportunity to see the real people and, and just put your guard down a bit. So I've been loving that. I'm hoping that will continue, that people won't go straight back into city mode and trying to be wankers. How will the, like, in, in your world, the networking part must be huge, though. Like, I know you were a regular on the uh, the Friday night drink scene at the Mitre Tavern to to hang out with oh. all those of your kind. Do you feel like that's going to return straight away, though? Or, Well, I don't know how much of that was networking or how much of it was me just seeing <laughs> mates. But um, <laughs> it has been really – yeah, it's been tough. It has, it's, uh, the recruitment world's just decimated at the moment because – a lot of the companies have got either recruitment freezes on or, you know, mm. they're not tra- trading in the same way. So it's, it's been, yeah, it's been tough. Uh, we've had a bit of work trickling through, but I'm hoping that we've kind of written off this year. So I'm hoping that next year things get back to normal, but excuse me, luckily I've got this uh, side hustle going with a podcast. And, um, <laughs> and you've already got a sponsor. We've already got a sponsor. <laughs> episode two. So there you go. It's excellent. I got another question for you. Yeah. If you could break curfew after this call, where would you go and what would you do? And what I mean by that is you're allowed to go and like there's, you know, you're allowed to go and visit. I'm not going to say you're allowed to go to bars and stuff because it'd just be you on your own, which would be weird. Mm. But yeah, sort of what would you do if you got the the green light to, to say there's no fines tonight. You can go and do what you want with who you want. What would you do? Well, I think it's almost a two-part question because, honestly, to to pull at the heartstrings, the first thing I'd want to go do is take Archie around to his grandparents' place because, you know, we're on the phone to them every single night and their their hearts break not being able to see him grow up. So, um, yeah, I honestly, the, I'd I'd love to be able to take them to him and 
and also honestly just leave him there for a bit as well because he's given oh, us he's given us the shit. So, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so, so that's that would be the plan. I'd I'd get him out there to see them and then say, anyway, <laughs> you've got him for the night and if if we can't get him back tomorrow, you've got him for a couple of weeks by the looks of it. Um yeah. And then what or a... you could get you could get home and say, listen, I know I've just broke COVID rules tonight, but I feel really uneasy doing it again. I, I reckon it's going to take a good week or two to get the courage, <laughs> the courage to travel outside of my 5K radius. <laughs> you know what? They'd probably love it, wouldn't they? Because old grandparents at the moment, or young grandparents, whatever your age is, but they like they love having kids around, don't they? They they really do. I, I was out. I'm in a coffee the other day, walking just locally and this old guy um he would have been mid to late 70s and he was looking at our dog nala and you know patting her and then talking to you know talking to josh and he had a mask on and i found it really sad and like i was like oh hey man and, and you could just tell that was his only interaction for the day maybe even the week yeah and i'm not gonna try and kid anyone that i'm like you know some real sensitive um emotional sort of guy but i it did it really did. It's horrible seeing old people in, in the masks and that, isn't it? Because they, you know, they sort of live for interactions that they only have probably once a week or, or twice a week anyway, whereas now they're probably getting even less of that. It's, yeah. it is horrible. It's a horrible time. Yeah, I mean, the only silver lining of that is he went home and went to his wife, hopefully, and said, I saw a genuine eight <laughs> today. <laughs> 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 so that's the well, only I thing that's I positive. Wanna, I don't want to put a cloud over that comment, but she'd actually passed a few years earlier. He mentioned that to her. <laughs> oh, he really gave, awkward. He gave me the full life story in his little brief. Yeah, hey, oh, quick, quick little dog. What was Cavoodle? Yeah, King Charles. Oh no, we used to have a dog. Yeah, okay. I'd, what are you doing, mate? Oh, I'm just coming out for some bacon. Oh, I'm going to cook your wife a bacon sandwich. She's dead. <laughs> She's died. She's dead. <laughs> Anyway, um, gotta go. <laughs> what would you um, do? Tell me what you're. You're far more creative than me, and probably a bit more of a risk taker. So I'm, uh, I'm a conservative type. So I'm interested to see what your night would uh, sound like. Should... Nick, if you're suggesting that I've asked you a question only on the hope that you'll ask ask me, a <laughs> I had a feeling you didn't care about my answer anyway. Like, come on, come on. I was on. like, fucking hurry up, yeah, grandkids, yeah, kids, fucking whatever. <laughs> go on. Um, no, what would I? Um, so I was, ten, I was talking about this to Leah earlier, when I, and she, I said, "Oh, here's a question. Here's a few questions that I've given. I've given Hawk." Um, and part of me would like to just go like to places that are normally busy, like the city and Richmond, Chapel Street, just to see them like dormant, just to see nothing going on, just to sort of have a look at absolutely nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like just to see nothing happening. Oh, so you mean like as in? COVID allows you out, but no one else. Yes. Ah, okay. Got you. So I just, yeah, so a bit of that. So I just think it'd be cool to walk around the city at nighttime with nobody else there. But then I suppose there'd be a few Deliveroo people and a few tramps and stuff that might spoil that whole vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, oh, well, if, no, well, I would love to see my parents, obviously. But that's, I, I think if I got let out after 8 p.m., I don't think I'd get back to England. <laughs> I'm back here in time. So, um, I don't know. I'd probably just go and see some good mates. I'd probably go and see my mate Joel and his missus down in Mount Martha or Will and Sarah over in Williamstown or, you know, I just, I'd go to someone's house. I, I'm not craving the pubs and all that. Like people think I love going out and doing all I, I do like that, but I actually just love, and, and COVID's made me realize this more than ever is um, 
just spending quality time with people that you really like and you really love rather than all those bullshit meetings. How bad is it when you've got one of those breakfasts that you've got to go out for because you're catching up with like a tier three mate, you know, it's a friend of a friend or you're not a friend of a friend, but you know, you're just doing, and you hope they cancel mm. and, you get a te- and you send them that text of like an hour before, Hey, are we still on for brunch? And they get, and, and because I always feel that I'm the A card in every catch up, they're always going to be like, yeah, fucking course we're up for lunch. Yeah. Can't wait. Like as if they're going to cancel. On but, um, you do send that one out. I hope they go, oh, little fella's a little bit sick. And do you mind if we reschedule? And you want to say, let's not reschedule at all. Let's just call it quits. This is done. But you go, oh, yeah, no, I'll be oh, oh, shattered. Yeah, I would have loved to have caught up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, well, I'm, I'm, I can see how you can see you're the A card. Um... <laughs> so, so you remember that brunch that we were going to have? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Josh yeah. was sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to ask you a personal question now. Random personal question. Oh, okay. What would be your um, death row meal what? if you were going to get killed tomorrow and you get a final meal? Start a main dessert. And I want matching drinks as well. Good question. Ste- See, Steph always says to me that she thinks I've got like no interest. She'd like you to be on death <laughs> she, row. She's, she'd quite happily cook for me on that last meal. Um, yeah. She always suggests that I, I don't have any, I don't place any value in food. She goes like, "Oh, how good is this food?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's pretty good." Like, mm-hmm. I honestly think that a good Parmigiana from the Rising Sun Hotel in South Melbourne would give me those sort of homely feels that I think I'm craving at the moment. I don't have like. A... Are you plugging someone else's? <laughs> well, it's like that, that. It's like on Wayne's World when they just go, "No, I wouldn't ever sell myself out for this." I reckon Mal has rang you and gone, "Hey, if you can, just get the riser in." No, don't be, I would never do that. But I mean, pair it with a Pepsi Max, so. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Oh, so, I just think okay, the feels so. that that brings to me would be uh, just something that reminds me of, of a better time would be where my head would be at rather than, you know, the, the famous dish at Chin Chin or a steak from wherever. So do you reckon that's changed now because of COVID for you, that, that your last meal wouldn't be that important? Or do you reckon it would have always been just a something simple, simple man? I'm a simple man. I think I'd, I'd have a simple meal to accompany it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Go on. Tell me yours. Oh, no, stop it. No. <laughs> if, if you think, if you think the only reason I asked you that, actually, I'd start with Moore's Marinier. Um <laughs> A what? Uh, mussels. Some oh. nice mussels marinara. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> some mussels with like a nice creamy garlic sauce, bit of chili with like a nice bit of garlic bread to dip in there. Some pommes frites, which is thin fries for anyone that's not listening in France. And then I'd probably have, um, oh, which is going to be another question for you as well. I'd have a really nice steak. Probably have a ribeye steak with pepper sauce, onion rings and chips. And then I'd have sticky toffee pudding and ice cream with custard as well. Um, Are you going to get through all that? It's death row, mate. What's this? They're not going to be able to execute you until 40. You're going to be going, no, I'm still going here. <laughs> like, come on, mate. Jump in the chair. And if they hang me, they're going to be like, oh, didn't he? I thought he was on some kind of fitness kick. Look at his blood. He looks like he's <laughs> Um, How do you like your steak cooked? Med- your- medium rare. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah. And what what cut do you normally go for? Tell you what, I didn't expect these questions on Chillip Talks. I was preparing myself for a myriad of different angles you might take, but to get the old, how do you like your steak cooked? Isn't where I thought we'd head here. But... Mate, if, you, if you're not comfortable with answering it, then... <laughs> What's I've my preferred? Find plenty of other guests. I've find, I'll find plenty of other guests <laughs> that would be more than comfortable to answer these questions. Are they going to be knocking down the door now when there's a bit of a steak section involved? <laughs> I've, um, I've, di- I've, I've taken out the whole vegan market though. They're not going to want to come on, are they? Yeah, good How point. About Brussels sprouts. Hope it's air fried. Oh, how's, <laughs> how's Steph's pie maker going? Oh, really good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been the big win of COVID. Really, we've made we've had <laughs> we've had pies three times, four times a week, and. They're actually really good. There's a, like a there's a Facebook group for how to make good pies, what should go in them. So, yeah. What's been what's been the best pie that she's made for you? There was a chicken and leek one that was was really good. What sort of ratio was the chicken to leek? Eighty twenty. Yeah, it's perfect. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. You don't even have to tell me you made it up. I'm not going to ring Steph and say, "Hey, Steph, do you think you came to the podcast?" Um, <laughs> One you one you took yourself out when Nick had a very important work call, and two your ratio to chicken to leak. I don't know about this. It's right off, yeah. All right. Would you mind if I ask you a few more questions? Yeah, I've got next four weeks in isolation, so nothing better to do. Okay, good. Um, how much water do you drink a day? I drink one. Be honest. Be honest. Yeah. You've you've got my full honesty. I drink between seven hundred mil to eight eighty mil. That's fucking. That's nothing. No, it's not a lot, is it? Not a lot at all. No. Um, what should I, I be drinking? I hate water drinking. I hate water drinkers more. I hate people who carry that big fucking vessel around with them all the time, like they're so. Oh, I haven't enough water today, and they've already had like three and a half liters, and they just—they're so happy to have water. Oh, do you mind if I just fill my water bottle up? Fuck off. <laughs> Leah's one of them. She's always like, "Oh, I'm so thirsty. Oh, I haven't enough water." And I hate people who insist you drink water. You work in the liquor industry, so you'll hate this even more. People who insist that you drink water while you're drinking. Mm. What? What is with that? Well, I think it's a. It's a responsible service of alcohol thing, isn't it? You'd know by getting kicked out of a few pubs <laughs> at the end of the night that maybe it's good advice for you, actually. No, but I just think when if, asking someone to have a water mid-drink is like asking a kid to stop opening presents on Christmas Day. Yeah. Why? Why can't I keep opening presents and remember this is the best day ever as opposed to the one where, oh, I just kept getting stalled. Like, it was shit. I had to eat a carrot, then open a present, then run around the garden and sleep because wouldn't you want this christmas feeling to last for two hours rather than half an hour you can be opening presents till 11 a.m by having this water in between time yeah but it's you you, you, every time you're drinking that water or you're stalling having the presents you're um endorphins is it or you're what's the word it's going down like your bar's going down it's like your special move on street fighter it's all the way at the top and you should be you should be freestyling at that point rather than just being constantly being brought back down to earth. And then, yeah, nice, no, good, honor. Oh, then you're just pissing all the time, which is, you, <laughs> you know, you, you know more than anyone. That's an issue for me at the best of times. So you just, and, and I feel like the more I'm at the toilet having a wee, the, the, I'm actually, people are missing out. People come out to drink with me and to hear what I've got to say. 
they want my stories. Yeah. yeah. If they, if they, if they, I mean, what I often think when I go to the toilet, I, I, I think most of my friends that I, I go out drinking with just stand there and they don't say anything. They go, there's no, no point in saying anything now because whatever we will say, nobody, there's, Paul won't be here to make a fun joke about it or, you know, <laughs> to give us a different angle on it. If, yeah, that, I, I remember going out with you back pre COVID days and I give you a tip when you went for a piss, people didn't go, gee, I wish she was back here. It was almost like yeah. a, it was like a collective sigh of like, really? That was pretty full on there. And then, and then someone would often say, I'm glad he's gone to take a piss now, though, uh, because hopefully that means he won't piss the bed again for the 12th night running. All right. So you've alienated a lot of my audience now, like you did. <laughs> okay. Um, have you got any questions for me, Nick? I know we've not really scripted this, but I feel like. As a guest on my podcast, you should have an opportunity to ask me a few questions. I've got to, I was, oh, sorry, my beer nearly fell over then. Um, I'm going to throw something at you, and I just want to see whether you do it or not, whether it's just me. As we're both sort of um, sportsmen, I'd suggest at the at the end of our sporting lives, or yeah, be they complete or or be they nearing their end. Yeah. Do you ever walk past cricket grounds or, or sports that you've played for you? It might be soccer or yeah, football or whatever it is, and try to do something that slightly impresses the people you're walking past in the hope they call you out and say, <laughs> <laughs> for you to be like a keeping move and go, oh, you kept a bit of you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you ever get up, try to get get away in that sort of gear? In this- oh, well, so that's really funny. Um, so I've never done the keeping move one, and I'm, I'm just shattered now. I think all the times I've done that, <laughs> but I have done the one where, and I've done this on numerous occasions. And I've I've always been a wicketkeeper, as you know, but I've always I've always fancied myself having a good arm, <laughs> and not a good arm like compared to you. And I'll, I'll say this live now, and I've told you this before. You have got the best arm of any cricketer I've ever played with in my life in terms of accuracy, speed. And just the feel and the whole smell of the thing. It's just a beautiful left arm. Sorry, I think uh, the connection cut out. Then. Can you just say that again? <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying you've got quite a good throw on you. Yes. Um, but I've done this thing before where I've been at a cricket match, not playing, and the ball's come to me, or it actually hasn't really come to me, but I've gone out of my way to make it look like it's gone to me. And instead of throwing it to the field of five yards, it's <laughs> I've thrown it aggressively and as hard as I can to the sort of general <laughs> keeper area. And because I'm not as good a throw as you, like I can throw far, but I obviously don't practice throwing distance. A lot of the times it just lands in the middle and it's like a new <laughs> and he just absolutely scuffed it. Yes. And the fielder, you threw it over their heads shitty with you because they're like, what did you do that for? And no yeah, one's impressed by it all. Everybody just thinks you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but no, that's no, that's a good point. Uh, what about when, because uh, our cricket careers are over now for the time being, and I mm-hmm. say that because I genuinely believe and hope that one day Josh or Seth um, take cricket up, and I'm sure you might hope Archie does. Mm-hmm. Do you have you ever thought about playing again when when he's of an age, and uh, the fact that you'll be way past your best, and he'll never ever, other than what I tell him, believe that you're any good. I have, but I'm I'm too egocentric probably to if I'm really, really bad, it just won't happen. Like oh, okay. I won't enjoy it even standing at mid on if I if I can't do anything and just a, a genuine passenger. I say that now. Yeah, okay. I, 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 so you only want to play 
cricket again if you can actually contribute. But then wouldn't you just find some sort of sixth grade park cricket? Everyone's in black trainers and <laughs> well, probably. Actually, that's where we met. <laughs> I think we need to go to about fifteenth grade. Yeah, well, no, that's a that's a discredit to the team. Um, uh, look, I think I do. I think every father has a hope they could do something like that, but. Who knows? I mean, I'm pretty open to the idea that he, he mightn't like cricket and might want to go do something completely different, get into – we just watched Hamilton the other night, which is a stage show. Maybe he wants to get into that and I can act with him on stage or something similar to that. Well, I don't want to I don't want to put a flagpole in this podcast and say this is where your acting career started, but I'm hoping this might give you the confidence to pursue your creative outlet and, and start something else and – push that boundary for yourself? I, well, it's a good, it's a question back to you. Like if this podcast takes off and, and it sees the success that you. Sorry, I think you cut off there. It sounded like you said if. <laughs> How many do we, what, what's the, what's the metric of success? Have you had any feedback on the first episode? You might've already discussed this in your. Well, uh, it's a great segue that you've just given me there because in the prelim to me ringing you and dialing in for this one, mm-hmm. um, I did actually say how much I fucking hated people talking about career pivots. Yeah. And you actually mentioned it about 15, 20 minutes ago about pivoting, which is funny in itself. So I have to acknowledge the fact that you've just done that. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is that in this preamble to talking to you, I did mention that apparently a good podcast at my level, you know, sort of, you know, you're not a, a famous person doing it. 60, 60 listens is good. Yeah. Have a guess how many of my first episode got, Nick. Okay. If you say less than 60, I will... <laughs> no, I, I spoke to a few people that listened to it, so I think you must be 120. Did you double that? 185. Wow. And that might be a different number to what I said in the preamble here, but it was 180-something. Can we check the IPs? Did you... As Leah listened to it 15 times and... Uh... I don't reckon Leah's listened to it at all. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, she's still speaking to me. Um, I don't know. The, the, I, I told a story in the start of this one that is horrific. Oh. Um, and I didn't even run it past her because it was so bad that I thought she'd go, oh, you can't say that. But I've got to the point now that I just think, fuck it. Mm-hmm. You just got to say it, haven't you? Um, so, yeah. So, if this takes off, Nick, when mm-hmm. this takes off, um, I imagine I'll be flying around the world in some sort of COVID-proof private jet, interviewing famous people, yes, but also interviewing people that I then make famous just because I'm so famous yeah. that I interview them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I always, as much as it's nice to interview someone that you already know or that someone's famous, I think it's sometimes nice to talk to somebody who's just an average Joe. The guy, you know, the 79-year-old guy that, killed his wife a few years ago <laughs> that's a genuine five out of ten with a match. Um, what's his story you know yeah yeah just got do his you, bacon do you, worry about, do you worry about getting old do you do you feel old do i uh i, I do feel older yeah i probably i reckon I, around 35 36 that's when i i felt the change over to being to being so old 15, 15 years ago 15 years ago <laughs> you did really what? What just from an injury? No, he's not really. He's what? You're not forty, are you? No, no, no. I'm not forty yet. Um, it just, I think it was just the end of my sporting career, which was very tied to me. And yeah, I even 
you'd go out to a, a pub and there'd, there'd obviously be 18 year olds in there and you'd double their age. Like you've, yeah. you could easily have a child that same age. It's like, oh, this yeah. is, that's me done. So, yeah. yeah. Do you feel old? No, nah, no, I don't feel any different to, I actually in many ways feel better than I did when I was in my early 20s, really. Um, but I've not, I've never really met anybody that uh, of, of an older age that goes, yeah, I fucking, I feel, I feel old. I'm fucked. My balls are on the ground. My ears are fucking <laughs> massive. I can't hear anything. I keep shitting myself. Like most people, even who are 50, 55, are just happy with being 50, 55. And they're like, you know, you're more financially stable. And I don't know. I just, I was wondering if you get to an age and you just like a real proper age where you just go, you know what? I'm fucked. I'm done. Yeah, I think they're like two separate questions though because I feel content. I feel old, but I, I feel content still. I don't feel unhappy with being old. I just feel like, mm. you know, I need to grow up a bit. But you still you need to grow up a bit now. Yeah, probably, yeah. It's funny you say that because I'm 41 this year and uh, yeah, and um, I I think of my dad when it, I was thinking, well, my, my dad's 41. He definitely wasn't like, how I am, mm. but then they probably were. Yeah, I just you always see as you always see your dad as like or your mom to be like just so responsible and so noble and so you know they're always doing good things and like you don't you're not doing always doing good things right now. You're doing things that you constantly like. Oh shit, I was bad then. But, but I think I don't know. Just I think it's a good question to ask Jim if you can ever get him on for a podcast. Like talk to him about some of the incest questions you raised last week, or talk about some of your your, your sort of nocturnal pissing issues. They they ones to say, were you doing this at your age, Jim? And I yeah. was a he was an upstanding policeman, so I'd be I'd be interested to hear his answer on that. Actually, no, I think he's got a pretty um, firm grip on uh, both um, continents and um, <laughs> paedophilia. <laughs> yeah, I think he's pretty. Yeah, he's always been pretty tight on that. <laughs> Yeah, good, good. And I expect nothing less from the great man. Hello, Jim, if you're listening. I wonder if he is. Jesus. Um, do you think you could right, ever well, take? Do you think you could ever take callers on this? Surely, like you. What, like random callers? I don't know. Like, I guess podcasters are different to a radio show. But I'd love to see you. You know, hello, caller. What have you got? Like a little, well, a little question. Yeah. Well, somebody did mention um, on feedback from the first one saying you should have. You should do this live. Like there's a thing called, I think it's called Twitch where you can like broadcast this live. And I'm thinking, hang on, let's baby steps. You know, I have 180 listeners. Um, at that point, when I think he gave me the feedback, I'd probably have four. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love ultimately to have a live broadcast, of course. But um, maybe just, you know, to start the ball rolling, we could, we could offer it out there. If anyone wants to ask me any questions. Excuse me, I've had a few beers now. Uh, anyone else ask me a few questions? I can answer them next week. Is that what you're saying? I think that'd be good because I, I think I was part of your your last live thing you did, and it was on Instagram, and you're in the shed just drinking red. Yeah, it, it didn't go well. <laughs> it got pretty pretty ropey pretty quickly. So maybe yeah, yeah, it didn't go well. But um, if anyone has any questions for for me, um, please send them to me. Um, my email address, I'm going to probably give you my Yahoo address, which is paultulip at yahoo.com. Send me a question that you, you maybe want me to answer or any, um, or if you've got any suggestions of guests that you think I might find interesting, then um, please let me know. And also, if you've got any feedback, good or bad, from Nick's work on here, then please let me know. 
because if I'm going to take negative feedback, then I think <laughs> my guess should as well. <laughs> all positive, all positive. Can, can no, I thanks, mate. can, can I quickly give a style of question though, Paul? Just before we go, I'd love you to. If you were, if your movie was about to be cast about your life, who would you most like to play you in that role? Can I answer this, or are my viewers going to answer this? My listeners going to answer this? Both. I'd love to hear viewers come in with who should be playing you, and I think you can give them a hint as to who you think should be. Right. Okay. Well, I've. Just off the top of my head, I would think probably looks-wise Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, I think looks-wise Bradley Cooper. I think from a cheekiness, I'd like to have a little bit of Tom Cruise maverick sort of character in there, you know, sort of a Top Gun cheeky. I'd like that to be sort of written into the sort of character, either be a little bit of a happy-go-lucky guy and also some sort of naval aviator. Yeah. Um. But I think Chris Hemsworth, body-wise, would probably have to be in there, <laughs> yeah. just so people know it's me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, with maybe a sort of Morgan Freeman-style narration <laughs> in a Caucasian way. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, to it's... be honest, mate, I've not really given it a lot. I mean, in terms of my girlfriend or wife, I'm thinking probably Catherine Zeta-Jones, Margot Robbie, <laughs> Lara Croft, Kelly Brook. <laughs> that. Yeah. All of them. So all of them, I think, would. Yeah. And I'd have a mask on, so obviously I'm a good, a good A and I. Yeah. It's. I was gonna say it's a good answer. It's not really because you've basically given me five different characters to play <laughs> you in your life story, and Leah's Leah's being rotated through five Hollywood starlets. So. <laughs> It's it's a tough one to pin down. Maybe maybe our listeners will. Uh... Oh, I, okay. Um, Frank the Tank, Will Ferrell. Yeah, okay. Like Overweight, has been. He's forty year old. He's clinging on to his fucking youth. He's past it. But he's a lovable guy. Yeah, I think I think that hits the mark, mate. All right. Well, thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your Friday night. I'm going to have a few more beers now, and I hope you do too. And um, love to Steph and Archie. Don't give him my love right now because that'd be creepy to go into his room, <laughs> especially when he's asleep and say, uh, Uncle Paul wishes you farewell. This has gone really horrible now. Hopefully, <laughs> But thanks so much, mate, in all seriousness. I look forward to having a beer with you soon. No, thank you very much, mate. It's a pleasure to be on the Tulip Talks podcast and I look forward to listening to, uh, to future episodes to see where this goes. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks for the sponsorship, too. It doesn't go unnoticed. <laughs> yeah, no problems. Cheers, mate. See you, mate. Bye. Bye-bye.